good evening to you. And what an extraordinary, uh, well, what can I say? It's a, it's a wonderful evening. We are joined this evening with our very good friend. I'm just trying, going to try and get our very good friend, Alfie Best, who um, is joining us now. Hi, here. Hi, How are you doing? Oh, good. Thank you. We're getting a little bit of feedback on the sound. I don't know if it's my end or your end, but look here. we're getting a little bit of feedback on the sound, but I'll just... How does that Yeah, that's a, a little that's a little better. Let me get the feedback from the audience. How, how are we doing there? Can you send We've got a few people out? signing up and signing on. Now, Alfie, um, first off, a very, very warm welcome to Camelot Castle TV. And of course, I just want to thank you for your encouragement uh, in this whole uh, television experiment, because uh, this has really come about. Uh, you know, it, it was one of these ideas that had been gestating for idea for, for a long while in our mind. We'd been thinking about it. But of course, uh, when you dropped in for lunch, uh, I think it was last summer now, mm. yeah. um, August. August, with your delightful cousin Tracy, um, we, we've, it's really, and you sort of encouraged me, and, I, and one of the reasons I wanted you to join us uh, today is because obviously there's a lot of people in the country who, and, and worldwide really, who are worried about their survival. And to be honest with you, there are very, very few people that I know in the world, and I've met a lot of people that have the survival instincts or, that you do, Alfie. And you are a survivor. You are somebody that, you know, you're a, you're a good roads uh, friend. You're a foul weather friend. And, you know, that's what we really, really have, have gotten to like about you. And it's just, it's fantastic, really. So... Um, that's what I would say is what that, that's why we wanted you you here and I'm just going to check the security settings on our broadcast and in fact yes. we're just on a public I'm just changing the security settings good so now we are public and that should work so Alfie perhaps you could um, tell us how did it get started for you what is your for people that don't know who you are, could you give a little bit about your sort of history, how you got started? Well, firstly, let me say thank you, John and Irene. And it's always a pleasure, whether it be virtually or whether it be in your company. You, you, I've got to say, if nobody hasn't been to Camelot Castle, you've got to go because John and Irene make you more than welcome. And they're real good people that... Um, I've got to say it's the, the pleasure and, the, and been a privilege um, to call John and Irene my friend. Thank you. Um, listen, John, for me, listen, I'm a nobody. I'm an absolute nobody. Um, but I'm just privileged enough that um, it appears that the journey that my life's taken me on has taken me to beyond what my expectations and my dreams could have been. You know I, uh, I was born as a Romany gypsy. Mm -hmm. I carry my heritage with me because it's, for some people, a terrible hurdle for them to get over. Mm 
and it carries a lot of stigma with it. You know, let's be honest that it's one of the last, uh, how would I put it, acceptable racisms. Mm. You know, it's the, you know, Baba Black Sheep is banned, but yet um, Cher still sings a song of gypsies, tramps and thieves. Well, what did you, out of interest, what did you make of that program on the TV the other night? Because that was, you mean, yeah. the one by Dispatches. I thought it was out of order. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like anything, that it was such a one-sided, and any of the good the, um, that gypsies have done, you know, within business, you know, from sports personalities within the UK and the world, they pretty well cut their legs away in a disgraceful way. Because what they did, they sh they showed a completely one-sided um, aspect. You know, it, I think the program is called The Truth About Travellers and Crime. Well, can you imagine if you'd have put on there The Truth About Muslims and crime, they'd be outrage. Yeah, but absolutely. it's the last acceptable racism that they can use. But look, as long as they're not throwing stones and hanging us, you know, we're, we're still pretty well because what is it? You know, sticks and stones will break our bones, but you know, names will never hurt us. Well, unfortunately, it's a, 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 heavy, a heavy limb to carry, and we have to set the bar to uh to overcome so me as a as a traveler yeah it it, it hurts sometimes but you've got to rise above it mm. and um and and carry that and ca how do i put it carry the burning light for the good that there are good and bad in all mm. if that makes sense well, very wise, very wise, Alfie. Well, that is you're, you're absolutely right, and of course, we're, we're, we're joined this evening by a very, very varied uh community. We've got Selwyn D D Diverstein, uh, and um, James, yeah. Jamie, His Grace the Duke of Marlborough is joining us, um, has joined us, in fact. He says, Evening, John Arena, and Ted, and Alfie. Um, are you, Grace? Well, he, he says hello, and um. I've just managed to get all the comments on, so I do apologise that I haven't been. <laughs> I, 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 I'm rather new to this technology, Alfie. You're you're a great, you're very experienced with all of this, but we're 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 very new. His Grace is following us from Blenheim Palace, and of course, we had a fantastic uh, day with His Grace up there together, Alfie. And uh, I have to say, your 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 helicopter, your aeroplane is absolutely what, what type of helicopter is that one actually that's just, it's oh. an airbus ec-130 seven seater um and if i can just say um obviously i met uh his grace through yourself and um he is and i i'm not i don't say this just to rub give him a a, a leg up or rub rub his back he's a gentleman beyond a gentleman traveled a very diverse mm. life as lived the life so when he speaks, he speaks from wisdom. And I've got to say, for me, a privilege to have the day with him and yourself, John. But obviously, if he's a friend of yours and he couldn't have been any more of a gentleman, I've got to say, um, from the life that he's that he's lived and the life that he's living, he he treats everybody with respect. One of the politest men that I've ever I've ever met, um, and I hope to see him an awful lot more and do a lot more business uh, with him and yourself, John. 
Well, let's see what happens. I think that, you know, when you put great minds together, and I think this is one of the things I've been trying to explain about the Camelot Castle TV network, and in fact, the whole network that we're all creating here, is when you put good people, social personalities mm. together. Listen, nobody's perfect. And we're all born slightly flawed, I think. And but we, we have to work out those flaws. We're all born with different tools in life, but it is up to us to sharpen them. Hmm. And there's something that I live by. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room <laughs> because you're not going to learn anything being the smartest person in the room. That's that. very interesting. Say that again, Alfie, because I, but maybe some people miss that because that is actually genius. If you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room because you're going to learn nothing. Love it. I love that. You see, I love that. I love to learn. And that's one of the reasons we've been doing these broadcasts because, you know, we can all share a little bit of knowledge. And we have a saying at Camelot Castle, the table was round for a reason. And the whole idea of King Arthur, he said, well, let's get people together. Let's get them round the table. You know, we may not all have equal abilities, but we've all got equal rights to understand and to communicate and it's just wonderful to have you here but i i did interrupt you what give us some sort of give us some sort of idea as your history for those people that don't know you because we've got a lot of people here from america we've got people from holland i'm a romany gypsy um i was born on the side of the road um and up until i was uh, i would say 12 or 13 i went to work with my dad and i was the original door knocker selling tarmac um i managed to uh become along the way of what my dreams were and um i opened up my first car dealership which then became a van hire center um i nearly went bust or come very 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 close to doing it and uh i went on from there and managed to uh, start up a commercial uh, business of commercial property. I then went on from that and opened up a company called Wildcrest Parks. And we now own 17 different companies across the UK. Um, Wildcrest Parks being the Europe's largest residential park home operator. Um, we have 13,700 residents. I also own another company called Varum, which is the largest motorhome hire company in the UK. And we have another company, Kyoto, does import and export. I have a PR company. Um, I have um, uh, a, obviously training companies. We have the Alfie Best Property Growth Academy. And everything that I do, I do it from the heart. So I might not be the smartest person in the world, but most of my friends are. That's why I always make sure I'm in that room. <laughs> well, Alfie, it, it is it is an absolute honour to have you here. And I, I, it was one of the things we did, obviously, with His Grace, is we went and took a look at um, the development up at Saltash Castle. And what I love about what you're doing there is is not only are you have have created an incredibly profitable investment there, but you've also retained the tradition. And you're making sure, for instance, even stones, you're even buying back in the old stone to reconstruct the castle walls. And I, I think that's a real, 
I, that, that, that's something that caught my attention. Well, what I would say is, look, Salt Marsh Castle is is very, very like you know. That's somebody said to me, "What's your favourite development that you're doing?" It would be that. I'm putting my heart and soul into it. That's going to cater for two thousand, two thousand residents, uh, eleven hundred homes. Um, it's the original Salt Marsh Castle site, but unfortunately, due to um, land tax issues in the 50s the castle had to be blown up we've managed to retain as much of the ruins and as much as the uh, the walls and we've refurbished them along the way it is a it is a little bit of a labor of a love but it's it's actually starting to feel like a real village and eventually a town we've done a lot in the area we saved the golf club that was failing um, we've now reopened that and that's now or was thriving before the corona, but it'll it'll thrive again. We bought the historic hotel in the um, in the town centre called the Hot Pole. Um, so we've done a lot for the area. Not only have we made money there, not have we made it commercially viable, we've reinvested back into the area and into the people. Wow. So all of a sudden the people can see that we're not just there to profiteer. We're there to leave our legacy. And that's exactly what we're doing. And I'll give you an instance. Park homes, um, as they're referred to here, in America they tend to be referred to as, uh, as trailers or trailer parks. Here we are ahead of America with park home living. But in America they're ahead of us with the housing development because – the housing development in America, they're still building houses which are referred to as stick-built houses. Well, park homes here are actually built of the same model of the stick-built homes in America. But it works because we've created five-star affordable housing for people that wish to downside on their bricks and mortar property, put money in their pocket and live the life they never had. So we're not only we're not only creating housing, we're creating lifestyles. Because your houses are luxury. They're really, really good quality luxury houses. You would think, Irina, that they are a normal bricks and mortar bungalow, yes. but yet they're 50% of the cost. And yeah. people explain the economics. How could it work for a cup like a retiring couple or something? If you if you take the average English couple, mm. they own a house that's say three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. They sell their house for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. They're sixty years old or fifty five years old or whatever the case may be. They've come to the end of their life. Oh, sorry, their working life they come to the end of. And they now are trapped. Mm. Their property has trapped them mm. because they've now got to maintain it. The only people that are going to benefit from that property is not them. Mm. It's the government and their children. Mm. That's what their children get after the government have taken their bit. Whereas if they sell up, they buy a park home for about £175,000, put £175,000 in their pocket and live the life that they didn't have. They're but, now living the dream. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, prior to moving in with you, they were somewhat trapped. They got a little bit too much capital tied up in their property. They might have a property worth, let's say, 400000 
they can't really release that capital and they're moving into a property with you that's probably more comfortable in a way than the property they're living in because they might have some sort of old Victorian place or whatever and mm. they're getting a better deal. It's just a better life. Mm. Well, look, 100%. But think about it like this. Asset rich, cash poor. But you're worse than that. The reason you're worse from you're worse than that, you have an asset that requires maintaining with no income stream. Right. There is a difference in having an asset that's producing an income stream. That's a whole different thing. Mm. When you're talking about you're living in a house and you now have to maintain that house and you're no longer working and you're living on your pension, well, that's a negative mm. point. And it's a negative equity point because you're paying for an asset that you own. Whereas you can free up that capital, you can reinvest that capital and live into a better home. And I've got to say this, the Americans are ahead of the English on that. Now, I trade in three different countries. I trade in Barbados. I trade in um, uh, America, in North Carolina. Actually, today, I just bought a house in America in uh, um, Lake Windermere. I uh, put through the offer today. The offer was accepted. Congratulations. Well done. Sorry? Well done. Well, what I would say to you is, is look, I love property. I think it's uh, one of the best investments that you can make, but only if it produces an income. Don't buy it as a trophy asset because that's like, like having a trophy wife. You know, that's great, but she's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, 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 we certainly don't want one of those. And it is, um, you know, now, listen, uh, people at home, you know, they're sitting there. They're looking at what's going on in the world. What, what What is your take, Alfie? You are a very, very shrewd man. You've seen life from the bottom up, from the top down, uh, you're friends with presidents, prime ministers, and you have, you know, you can walk, you, you, as they says, Kipling said, you can walk with kings and you've got the common touch. What the hell's going on? Please, could, okay. you know. If I, can, if I can just add something. I'd rather be, if, if you're living life, I'd rather be a pauper dining around the king's table than a king dining around the pauper's table. Because the king's going to starve and the pauper's going to live like a king. I know which one I want to be. Mm. I want to make sure we have a one we have a one ticket, first class ticket. So you've got to live it to the best first class ability that you can. Live your dreams. Now, as for the as for the coronavirus that's out there, personally, um, and I don't want to be controversial. And I'm not saying this to be controversial, but I believe the governments have got it wrong. I believe the governments have got it wrong and they're killing um, our financial institutes. They're killing our businesses from small to large. We cannot sustain complete lockdown. And that's what we've got. Now, I get why they've done it. I get. But my whole perception would have been different. And what I would have said is, hold on a minute. Let's look at this logically. I would have said any business that wishes to carry on working, we want you to carry on working, but you must, you must wear 
full facial mask. Now, you must wear a visor. You must wear gloves and you must wear a Hessian suit. And that would be down for business to source and buy. So that way, if you had the coronavirus, before you passed it, you would be self-contained within the suit in the workplace. And if you didn't have it, you would be self-contained in the suit. It's only what the doctors and the nurses are doing in the hospitals. And they're surrounded by it. They're surrounded by the virus. That would have kept industry going. And if you weren't prepared to do that and you tried to carry on working without putting those measures in place, you will find a fine of, say, 2000 or £2,500 per person. And the business was also fined. May come across draconian, but it would have kept our financial institutes of small businesses, big businesses, mid-sized SMEs flowing. And we wouldn't have had a complete lockdown because habit is what creates success. Habit is what defines us. Mm. And I really don't want to see the world become lazy because their habit has been in lockdown. Yeah. And we're all, we're, listen, I won't lie to you. I've even, I get up at six o'clock in the morning every morning. I find myself getting up at eight o'clock now. Mm. And, it, and it, it's only been because I'm thinking, oh, there's nobody in the office. We're working remotely. You know, all those little habits that just kick in. Like I'm a, Listen, I'm a simple person. I'm a simple man that does simple things. But my simple successes have become big successes <laughs> because I've followed simple habits, good habits. Good habits create success. Somebody said to me, define that. I went, simple. Do you brush your teeth every day? They said, yes. I said, that's a good habit because if you don't brush them, they're going to fall out. <laughs> Creating good habits. Just simple. Very true. So, you know, for me, where do I think this coronavirus is going? Jesus, I never saw it coming. I saw a recession coming. And I said, I had that conversation, I think, last time I said to you, John, you I did. believe that we were heading for a recession. You did say did that. Did I see this coming even when the outbreak was in China? No, I didn't. I actually believed that our governments were ahead of the game when it came to viruses with the intelligence that they've got and that they're working on. I cannot believe, cannot believe that they did not see this coming and there was not a factor. Well, you can see his grace has just uh, pointed out even the government think they're on holiday. Mm. So they're probably yes. good. Oh, I, I spoke to his grace earlier on and he couldn't have made a much more profound impact on me because he said to me, he said, Alfie, he said, Boris needs to get out of bed and get back on it. And he's absolutely right because you have to, it doesn't, listen, there isn't a day off when you've got a catastrophe. Is this a catastrophe? Yeah. They're making it a catastrophe because some of the things that they've implemented is damaging business so bad and it's up to us to speak out about it. Mm. Now, I'm not saying they're magicians. I'm not saying they're brilliant and they can absolutely wave a magic wand. But what they can do is look at the mistakes that have happened, look at what is killing each country. Because don't forget, 
if a country is in recession, it looks to another country to take on loans. Mm. I ask you this, where are they going to take on loans now when every country is in the same position? Well, I mean, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, we've been seeing all of these spreadsheets for the deaths that will come about as a result of the coronavirus. But who has done the spreadsheets as a result of five high street banks folding or the Federal Reserve folding or the European Central Bank folding? You know, people talk about these things as if they're not possible. But I can absolutely assure you that every single fiat currency, because money, as you know, Alfie, is an idea backed by confidence. Once people see that the emperor is wearing no clothes, that currency is worth absolutely sweet F.A. And, absolutely and right. So, you know, the point is, is, is if you end up with 30% unemployment in this country, perhaps 40% unemployment in America, where the safety net is, is far, far worse, there's no safety net in America at all. I mean, they can't even get their checks out for businesses. That's all stalled over there now. So, you know, how many people are going to die? And, you know, we've got Piers Morgan on, on there creating absolute... Uh, terror in the morning and my question to him is all very well to be running the bloody breakfast show how about if you become breakfast because well, somebody's well, going to turn up there and say you know i've had lunch for you know a month uh, and John, you look you know it's very rare and I, and I want i want to make a profound statement now it's very rare that businessmen like yourself seasoned businessmen like yourself and people like me ever managed to come together to the wider audience to state the facts. And why do I say they're facts? Because we're living it. Mm. We're conducting ourselves. You've got a business there with Camelot Castle that, that's functioning. This has a downside. So you see that. You see the effects it has from a real person's point of view with feet on the ground. Mm. Now, I'm the same. We employ 450 people across the country. Luckily, luckily, we've managed to keep all of our businesses afloat well and apart from one, which we, have, which we were told to close. For the loving life of me, I don't know why, because the golf courses, to me, were the safest places to be as long as they said, right, social distancing, only one person can play at a time or mm -hmm. a family can play. But instead, it's okay to go to the local park. Mm, mm. Don't get. You know, well, they're allowed to exercise, but you can't go down to there. So I, I didn't – some of the decisions that have been made, I'm sorry I don't go along with. with. And as for um, – you know, forgive me for saying this, and I really don't mean to be, you know, critical of anybody, but as for actors – giving us advice or musicians giving us advice. I'm sorry. I want to take advice from a doctor when I'm ill. I want to take advice from a bricklayer when I'm having my wall built. And I want to take advice from a plumber when my tap's leaking. I don't want to take advice from the plumber if I need a brick wall built. It's horses for courses. And don't you try to... absolutely right. And I don't know if, I, 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 I'd be interested to know what our audience thinks, actually, because we've got quite a few people on. And I would ask you, please, don't worry about what other people are going to think. Press the share button, because that is the key here. We're trying to get this information out. And Alfie is actually dropping pearls of wisdom on us. Yes.
pearls of wisdom. And these somebody's going to be listening to this somewhere in the world, and they are going to get helped here. This is you may already understand this already, but I can assure you that these simplicities of life, this is gold that Alfie is giving us right now. So my point is, is where do we go from here? What, 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 what do we do? Well, everything requires a plan in life to be able to succeed. Everything. And for me, if, if I had the, um, the opportunity to be able to voice my opinions properly, and I wouldn't say that I'm outspoken, but I'm definitely loud enough to voice them sometimes. Well, you'd be amazed who's listening tonight. There's people from Washington, D.C. There's people from London. Last night we had the head of the 1922 committee on here, one of the senior politicians uh, in, in London. And, you know, very, very interesting people. So do say what you think because you never know, as dear Jesus said, some seeds fall on stony ground and some seeds fall on good ground. So, look, we uh, unfortunately, uh, we uh, we only get out what we put in, and that's everything in life. There are no free lunches anywhere. What I, what I would say to you is this we need now to start looking at getting our economies before it's too late back on track. That means we need to implement a system. We need to implement safety procedures for those people. We need to implement the distancing, which we have, but we protect ourselves with the right equipment as they're doing in the hospitals, but allow people to work. No different than doctors and nurses are working in the hospitals. Is it foolproof? No. But I do know one thing. We are not only we may be saving lives, but we're going to kill more people by the financial outruin that's happening because the government cannot take care of us indefinitely and I wouldn't want them to because we are all here. People that are listening to this podcast, people that are trying to make some sense of it, it's us that's going to make some sense of it. It's us that is going to make change the world. We can't look to be led all the time. And we have to voice our opinions to make it work. For me, we phase in work back from open constructions with the right safety gear, with the right precautions that are put in place, with measures. Now, as a park home operator and um, uh, um, an import and export company, we operate ISO 9001. So that means everything that we do has a system put in place, everything. So if, for instance, I want to bring my um, team back, I would bring a split team back, safety gear all the way through, absolutely mandatory man that they wear that and they then throw it away mm. in the evening and we replace it with further masks, sanitizer, full Hessian suit, and visor and that's how you've got to work and we would have the other 50 percent we were re working remotely as we do now because we don't want to turn into a society which i find amazing absolutely amazing that we're already going down the road of virtual reality facebook you know whatsapp um 
Instagram, such forth and so on. And we're more concerned about the false, false visual aspects that we give off than what we do re real, you know, real face to face. People are losing the art of conversation in talking to each other. You know, yeah. it's, it's an alien thing. And yet this is forcing us down that road. Mm, We're being yeah. forced down that road. All of a sudden, they want us to be virtual. I don't. I'm a real person. I want to shake somebody's hand, unfortunately, just with a glove on. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. And actually, Letitia Cash, who is, uh, she is the daughter of Bill Cash, who actually started the whole Brexit movement. She says, I'm so fed up with hyped up celebrities blindly pushing, adopting the mainstream media narrative rather than offering an alternative view and a healthy independence of mind while respecting the law and guidelines, of course. I think people are sick of celebrities. That's the point you made, uh, well, Al. I don't well, think we hear about hear from celebrities as to how to live our lives anymore. Unfortunately, we, we live in a world where we tend to put people on a pedestal when they haven't earned it. Mm. We mm. believe what we see. We, we see, we perceive, and it's been going on, John, for centuries, mm. but unfortunately mm. in different realms. Mm. And we're all guilty of it. Me, me, you know, we've all got favourite actors, but I won't lie to you. I've looked at certain actors now, and I don't no longer consider them as actors. I mm. consider them as artists because that's what they are. They're exquisite artists in the field of acting. Mm. It doesn't make them a politician. It doesn't make them a builder. It doesn't make them a good businessman. It's just oh. like a good sportsman. He's an exceptional boxer, but he might be crap at acting or he might be useless at singing. Mm. Unless, of course, you're Tyson Fury. He can sing and box. <laughs> Yes. Well, I know you're quite big in the boxing world, uh, Alfie, and um, that's obviously another string to your, your bow. Um, perhaps we'll come on to that in a second. But um, so let's assume that the economy is at some point going to open. And I think each of us can use our voices. And please, there's a lot of people watching the feed right now. Please share the feed. Bradley Chapman's just said it's gone up to over 102 people. If everybody on here shares the feed, it's going to increase. So um, my point is, my point is, uh, the Duke of Marlborough's just said that Tyson Fury is your cousin. Is that correct? He, well, my mum's dad was Tom Fury and his, his granddad and my uh, granddad, they were, um, I think, half brothers or brothers. Wow. Now, why is it, Alfie? I've got to ask you this. Why do they call you King of the Gypsies? What is that about? Uh, I think pretty well because it started as the Caravan King. Because a, a, a it, look, it's it's there are so many gypsies that have hidden their identity, such mm. as, for instance, Charlie Chaplin, Yul mm. Brynner, Bob Hoskins. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin was a Charlie Chaplin, Gypsy. Yul Brynner. Here's one you will never get. Mother Teresa. But these are people that were persecuted for being a Gypsy. I'm pretty well, I would say, from a business point of view, the first Gypsy that has ever come out. 
And it's and that's exactly what it is. It's coming out when all of a sudden you no longer have to hide your identity. And I learned a very la valuable lesson, and that is a man that doesn't know where he's from is only denying his past to be able to create a better future. So wow. I know, I believe in not hiding your scars, but showing them with pride because they're the scars that made you the person you are. Well, that's very interesting. Very wise. Of course, uh, I don't know if gypsies are more persecuted than Scientologists, um, but it, it's, it's it, you know, I, as you know, I became a Scientologist 30 years ago. Uh, uh, you know, I've had a strong Christian faith as well for all of my life, still do. But I really understand it because I always say to people, you know, from day one, I made a decision. I am never going to hide the fact that I'm a Scientologist. And to be fair, both Arena and I, we've taken a little bit of flack for it over the years. But the benefit of having a clean heart on the subject is so powerful. And I just want to say, Alfie, that I, having gotten to know you and having spent time with you, I think that you have done an incredible service for the gypsy community because people Thank are you. starting to understand through you that, of course, in any group, you have good gypsies and bad gypsies. Listen, hell, good you, and have, bad and all. You, have good, you have good Scientologists and bad Scientologists, to be absolutely honest. Uh, you have good Christians and bad Christians, but you have done an incredible service for the traveling community. And I just want to use this opportunity to acknowledge what you've done and to say thank you on behalf of all those people that perhaps haven't said thank you, because not everybody always does, uh, you know, say thank you in, 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 when, when thanks is due. But anyway, I think it's fantastic. Well, look, I, 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 you've made my head swell, but I would say thank you very, very, very much, John. But honestly, I... I uh, the, the, I don't know what to say, but but I can only but say thank you. What I would say to you, and if, and if I can bring up about the Scientologist best, but when we've had a few discussions about it, and I've got to say, you at no point have you ever pushed it upon me. It's been me that's been so much more inquisitive. And I must confess, I don't think you were impressed when I got my Bunsen burner out and said, right, where do I start as a Scientologist? And you <laughs> went, no, it's not like that at all, Alfie. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm only kidding. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Well, it is um, I can understand uh, why people think it does have something to do with science. <laughs> you know, what I would, yeah, carry on. What I would say is the points that you gave me, and I'm not um, somebody that studies something. I, I like to touch, feel, people explain to me that have lived it like you have, John. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm swayed towards Scientology. And you never know, and, I'm, and I say this very openly, I could just become the first gypsy Scientologist because, I, you know, some of the points resonated with me. They really did. So, you know, it, it, it's listen, in life, it is about constant learning. If you want to stay young in life, you have to have a thirst for knowledge, but not just to learn, but to implement. And by implementing knowledge, it then becomes factual. And that's that's a real craft. 
You know, you're absolutely right. And what I can tell you is, I, you know, actually, I don't think I have heard of another gypsy Scientologist, but I'm sure. Unless they're in the closet. And let, let, but if they are, maybe they're closet gypsies and closet Scientologists. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> There's a lot of closet Scientologists out there. You might be the first but, one. But uh, I honestly think, Alfie, that, uh, you know, Scientologists, all they're really interested in is, is what works. And what I've run into with you and what I've experienced is that you're interested in what works. And I think one of the good things about this coronavirus situation, Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it. China virus. Now, what is this theory that you could Bulbra told me that you had a theory about my wife's cooking or something? Well, it wasn't quite your wife's cooking. What I, what I said was this. I'm not so sure that this has come from China. I'm not so sure. I'm, and, I, and I think we have to keep an open mind. We have to be complete, keep a complete open mind. And I don't always say, look where the smoking gun was put. I always say, look where the bullet came from. And I'm sorry to say, Russia is also somewhere that should be looked at. Now, I'm not a cynic in any way, shape or form. I don't dislike the Americans. I don't dislike Russia. I don't dislike the UK. I don't dislike anybody. But I'm open-minded. And if I was starting a virus, I wouldn't start it in my own country. So there are many different things here. Because I will say this. I do believe that this is a man-made virus. Mm. I don't believe that it come from a bat. Mm -mm. I do not believe that at all. I'm not saying that they're not carriers. I do believe this is a man-made virus. Well, it could have been engineered using a bat or something. It could have been Sorry? engineered. It could have been engineered using a bat. Absolutely. But, but I don't naturally evolved from a bat. I think that is a bridge too far for me mentally. Um, I, I, will, I will say this to you. Now, listen. I've got a comment this, from you. This is from Denmark. Alfie, also married. Jose Voss is a lovely lady. She is. A very experienced truth seeker. Yep. And she says, Alfie, you are awesome. And uh, so it's 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 very interesting. Uh, His Grace says, "Good on you, Alfie." And um, oh, I, I go up a bit. Where, where 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 where? Where are you going too far? I'm going too far. No lower. Lower. Uh, Alfie, you speak. Where is this? I can't see where we are. My dear wife, you're going to have to orient me. Let me. Can I have this? <laughs> yeah. You keep talking. Okay. There. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Alfie, you are great. There's a lot of agreement occurring. Um, Al what Alfie. I, what, what I would say is that these are, these, are, these are conversations we're having, but I don't think we should be closed-minded closed -minded and driven by the media directing us in one way of thought. Because that's what sheep do. We're not sheep. We have an open mind for open conversation. And sometimes it's the little snippets that fall out. That all of a sudden, that crumb trail gets you to where you should be going. And I'm not a cynic. I'm not skepticism. I'm just one of these people that is a realist. And I always say, you look at every avenue. You look at every single avenue. Because I will say this to you, and I mean this very openly. 
the mistakes that I've made in life and I've ended up looking at how I made them could have been catastrophic. But do you know something? They started from something very simple, but also sometimes cynical. Because this is a terrible thing I'm going to say now, and I'm not going to get very many good comments back from it. But whoever engineered this did a bloody good job because they've brought us to our bloody knees. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, I, I think, well, you know what, they, 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 you know, evil is a real thing. And I think one of the things that the people on here have in common is that they have the capacity. And one of the interesting things about this little group, which has actually become quite a big group, I think we had over 22,000 people on the feed the other day. And this will be seen by a lot of people over the next 48 hours is they are truth seekers. And in order, you've got to be able to confront the good within somebody, but you've also got to be able to confront evil. And, you know, and we've discussed this, Alfie, you know, there are good people, but there are also evil people. And you have to be able to differentiate between the two. And I think your capacity to, to just look and see what's in front of you Um I mean, somebody put up a comment. I think it's one of your friends on here put a, co a comment um, that you were laying concrete bases over the weekend. You were yeah. out, hands on. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. For a man that's worth over 700 million, um, that's pretty damn impressive, you know. Um, do you know, it's, it's not because I believe, look, you, I, I, I'm not a boss. I am not a boss. I lead by example. So if they're putting the rubbish out, I put the rubbish out. If they make the tea, I make sure that one day I come down and make tea for everybody. Because as a joint venture team, you can move mountains. And what you have here, John, with now your Camelot TV presentation, is you have a team. Because I'm looking at the comments on here, and they're not sheep. Please don't take this the wrong way. They're giving comments of their views. This is a team of people that you're bringing together. That's a big thing. And they're like-minded. Very rare. Very rare. And like, I just saw that one of your, um, uh, um, uh, 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 I'll use the word colleague, just put on there, Alfie, it looks like you've been in Scientology for a long time. I would like to answer that. No, but my friend has. <laughs> 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 Alfie is not officially yet a Scientologist. Although, funny <laughs> enough, this is one of the great myths. There is no joining. One doesn't join. It's just something one uses. There are various different groups that you can join and this and that. But there's no actual joining. And so people say, well, you can't leave. Well, if you can't join something, how can you leave it? Mm -hmm. It's just knowledge. And this is the idiocy that, frankly, the fake news. I mean, one of the reasons, and I'm going to ask your opinion on uh, our friend, President Trump. Um, but one of the things that I think he's done and that he has called out on this planet, and I think he's saved all humanitarian groups a huge amount of time and effort and energy, is he's finally called out the fake news on the planet. And he's got people to look at the newspapers in a completely different way. But what's your take on 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 the president? What what do you how do you digest him? How does he fit into the Alfie Best universe? Okay, this is, a, I'm going to give a real uh, heart, honest answer there. And number one, if the president 
has done nothing in his life. He's done one thing. And he's done one thing that people do not give him the credit that he's due. He has taken the government of America and he is transforming it into a real business. And he is not frightened, not frightened to say what's on his mind. Sometimes that's not a good thing because people want to be told and they want it put in a certain way. He's not done that. And as for calling out the fake news, that's the one thing that he has stood tall on. And I've got to be honest with you, if it wasn't for him, all of us would still be believing what we're reading. Mm. It is, I, I'd never heard of fake news until I'd heard the president say it. So I can honestly say to you, he was the smartest man in the room at that time because I learned, because I, I won't lie to you, I trusted the information that was being given to me. I trusted it. But actually now I check the information that's given in the newspaper, given out on media. Don't just accept it. So no, I no. Completely, so, I, I, I am so, you've just absolutely caught a nerve. I just read uh, Letitia Cass comment. The fragrance of truth is humility, modesty with truth, with true strength. Alfie clearly radiates these qualities. Well, uh, you've got an admirer there. Now, Thank you. What, what can I what can I say? It is it is so refreshing to to hear your view. So taking into account, okay, so we're going to recover at some point. As we come out of this, what type of businesses should people be looking at to make the most of what could be one of the greatest opportunity periods for entrepreneurs? Because you know not to be insensitive about the people that are dying and so on and so forth, but let's just assume that they're going to go through that. They, we're all going to go through that. and We all want to survive. As a survivor, where are your antennae looking? Where are you looking at? What are you, what are you trying I, to do on a practical level? Can I answer that in, 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 in two trances, please? The yes. first one is slightly off of kilter to what you've just asked me, and I will then come on to that. Is that okay? Yeah. Right. We are not going to survive. We are going to thrive. But the thrival of what we are going to do can only be within us. Now, any businesses now, not, not in the future, not in a minute, now, any businesses now that are in a difficult time, your business has to adapt now, I've, I've given many different speeches over the last three weeks about different businesses that have just shut up shop. Just shut up shop. No, your business has to readapt. For instance, we had a, a and I'll give you this one, one instance. Um, we had a motorhome hire company, one of the largest in the UK, called Varum. Mm. The government shut leisure down. My God. I've got a 10 million pound business just been shut down, just been shut down. So what did we do? We looked at the businesses that are still operating, the businesses that are still working. And how can we adapt our product to cater for them? And we did what we did. 
we contacted every hospital, every medical center, every care home, and virtually every home that had COVID-19 and asked them, did they need a motorhome to isolate? Because it's about adapting your business to businesses that are thriving. Let me say this to you. If you, when you get married, does your wife cook? Because if she doesn't, you should have checked before you married her. And if she doesn't cook, you have to get a cook. Well, you get a chef. The motto of the story here is you married your wife, you thought she could cook. Now you realize she can't, you have to get a cook. That's the same as your business. Your cook has just disappeared. Now you've got to find one. Your business caters for businesses that are thriving. Your business will then thrive alongside them. That goes for anything. Mm. That goes for anything. So you shouldn't be sitting there waiting for the world to open up and the sunshine to come. Make the sunshine. Mm. Because you did that once when you started your business and that's what you have to do now. So moving on to what are the opportunities? This is going to be a catastrophe for some people. Mm. It's going to be a majestic opportunity beyond any belief. And if I can just say one little, you know, one man's poison is another man's, gospel food and that's the only way i can put it because the opportunities i've already found them why have i found them because i'm already looking so you should be out there now i've bought in the last three weeks three mobile home parks one football club and one quarry and i'm in the process and i'm deadly serious i'm in the process of buying out or not buying out saving another business there was a, a, a sanitary uh uh hand sanitary and um facial mask and uh hessian supplier that um uh, approached us and uh they are saying oh we're making hay while the sun shines he said we're you know we've doubled our prices we're doing i went he said what would you have done i said my prices would have risen by 10%. I said, I would have been cheaper than anybody else. He said, why, to sell more? I said, no. I said, I would have asked all of those people that I was supplying to, to sign up for a two-year contract because we were supporting them now above anybody else. Rather than try and profiteer at somebody else's deficit, what you can do, is let them profiteer in the good times and the bad times with you, giving your business longevity. Then you've got a business that will float on the stock exchange, not something that's up one minute and down the next. Longevity is the key to positivity. Well, that is in in incredibly uh, helpful. And do you think it matters what sector of the market people should be looking into? Or you look, think for me, it, look, for me, I just love property. I love property. I just, I, I, I like to simplify things. I don't like to complicate them. So I look at property like a stunningly beautiful woman, like a child that needs nurturing and growing. I look at, I simplify them. And property 
You must, must always look at the value that you're purchasing. You're going to be able to purchase property for less than it costs to build. Forget the land value. You're going to be buying it for less than it costs to build. But the most important thing is that you immediately get that property income producing because cash flow, your cash flow, create further opportunities. And you're learning by doing that all along. Somebody said to me, give me three things to make me successful. And I did. I said, the first one is you. The second is try to take one pound off of a million people because that's very easy to do. Very easy to do. It's virtually impossible to take a million pound off of one person. Look to serve the masses and look to cater for their needs. The greatest businessman that this planet has seen is Jeff Bezos. Why? Mm. Not because he invented something spectacular. He did what anybody could have did. Anybody. He started selling books online. That's simple. That simple. Started selling books online. And now look at Amazon. My point is, it isn't. Well, I hear many people go, oh, it's about finding a solution to the problem. He sold books online. Mm. He's now the wealthiest man in the world. So to me, he is a fantastic, unbelievable businessman. He's a good businessman. I use the word businessman. Mm. Because he's an expert artist in business. He is not an entrepreneur. Mm. An entrepreneur is something different. An entrepreneur is somebody that can uh, uh, morph from one business to the next and make them successful. That's very difficult because you're the greenhorn in every new business you go to. But Jeff Bezos has become an expert selling shop online i've got to say unbelievable because very simple i sell books that's what amazon started as look where it is today so for me you know that i'm a fan yeah well i'm i'm definitely a fan of his business uh abilities no question and he's definitely anybody studying what he's done can can learn a tremendous amount Alfie, you, you've been incredibly um, kind in giving of your time. I know I how busy you are. Oh, we've got some questions for Yes, Alfie. I just have a question for you, Alfie. Could you tell our viewers a little bit more about achieving success? Because obviously... Sorry, could you repeat that, Irene? Sorry. Could you talk to our viewers about achieving success? In general, you are a self-made man, and a lot of people will be struggling after we come out of quarantine and you are very wise and you have a lot to share. So maybe you could share some of the habits or whatever you can share to okay. help people become more successful. Okay. Success is, is, is like water. Mm. You must allow it to flow. Don't look to dam it up. And when it's flowing, you look to water your plants. So if I, that's how I would simplify it. But if I had to start again tomorrow, and just so everybody realizes, when I was 
20 years old, I had a £500,000 house, I had uh, two Porsche cars, and I had a business that was making me approximately £150,000 a year, every year. Mm. At 21 years old, I lost it all, had a murmur, and collapsed across the desk. And I cannot explain to you the pain. I get a shiver up my spine now thinking about it. The pain is just exasperating. You just, I'm I'm talking about now how bad it is. When you feel that you're untouchable and you realise you are not as immortal as you thought or as clever as you thought you are. Mm. So if I had to start again like I did then, I would be prepared to do what nobody else is prepared to do. And that means wash the dishes, clean the floors, and do the services that you did when you first started. Too many people become successful, and their problem is this. They cannot reinvent themselves to start from the bottom again because they've been too used to success. Mm. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Yes. Don't become accustomed to your habitat Mm. because that's what an animal in a cage does. Mm. Look beyond the bars. Look beyond the bars. So this is how you you stay successful. This is one of the important qualities. Look, uh, you just asked me the uh, what why I was laying concrete bases. Mm. That's for me when I'm with my team, that they know that I am not their boss. Mm. I work with them. Mm. And and you know what else it does? It allows them to see that I haven't forgotten where I've come from. Mm. Because a man that forgets where he's from is blind to where he can go. Wow. Wow. That is incredibly uh, valuable. And I don't know if you can see from the comments here, but um, the appreciation that people are uh, communicating about what it is that you're saying is 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 really extraordinary. Let's put a couple of them up on screen. Um, Amanda Jane Eliash, who is actually the uh, wife of Johan Eliash, who is also a billionaire, uh says he is inspiring and perfect for this period of time um sean elias says well thank you yeah i mean it 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 is it is very very important that we don't uh, his grace the duke of marlborough um has just said very profound you know these are somebody else has said here uh roots roots are important roots are important i agree We've all got to be very proud of our roots. And, and, and this is why one of the, you know, and I, I go back to, because people often say, well, John, why do you talk to people about Scientology? And I can say to people, it's because that's what worked for me. Those are my spiritual roots. That worked for me. Why do I talk about my Christianity? Because love thy neighbor, you know, we wouldn't probably be doing this broadcast, but for Jesus's words, love thy neighbor. What Alfie has just given now is he's given the neighbors all a fishing rod, mm. you yes. know, to go and catch fish. And 
you know, this is uh, Amanda Jane Eliash thinks you must go into the government. I agree. <laughs> you know what? I'll park my caravan outside Parliament. <laughs> you know what? Turn up with that caravan, park it outside number 10 and, and get that bloody Boris going. <laughs> uh, but actually, on a serious note, Alfie, have you ever thought about getting into politics? Or is that something um, that's just a nightmare for you? The, the truth of the matter is politics is something that I believe you have to be passionate about. I'm passionate about business. I'm passionate about property. And the one other thing that I'm passionate about is this. Genuinely doing something in my life that is going to make a difference because that will allow a legacy for me to live on. And I swear this to you, I believe I'm doing that through the Alfie Best Property Growth Academy and through Wildcrest. Well, could you, you tell us a little bit about that? Could you tell us a little bit about the Alfie Best Property Academy? Because that is something that we talked about. You were just getting it off the ground when you flew in with Cousin Tracy. And uh, I, I think that that is a fantastic opportunity for people who basically want to work hard, have no capital to get started, as I understand it. They don't need capital. Um, but they can basically, you know, end up being wealthy. Is, could, you, could, could you explain? Look, what, what I would say to you is you should, you should never get into property if you're just looking for the money. And I really mean that. Always do what you love. If you love property, if you love property training, if you love HMO, if you love mobile home parks, if you love hotels, do them. Do you know why? And any other businessman won't tell you this. If it goes wrong, you did not lose because you loved what you were doing. But you are now much more richer for the experience to go again and succeed because my knees are so grazed through the falls that I made and the, the mistakes that I made. But you know what? I'm a hell of a lot richer person for learning those. And that's what I'm passing on to people. I see too many property academies giving it the happy, happy. I'm not. Yeah. I'm giving it the real let's do this because I'm not going to change your life I'm going to let them change their life by me sharpening their tools. We are all born with different tools in life. It's about sharpening them and using the tools you're born with. Well, instance, John, if I can just say, when, no, I, no, when no. I was lost at Camelot, I won't say where or why, but me, Irina and yourself said, you know, we, we consider looking at a different business. I said, right, let's do it now. We went straight round to a mobile home park, had a look, X, Y, Z, and we spent two hours because I'm not interested in talking about it. I'm interested in doing it. What do we got to do? Let's put a plan in place. Let's work towards it. And that's what's important to me. And that's important to me. So when I do our property academy, we change people's lives through them doing what they love. So that's beautiful. Can you tell us more? Could, could, How could, it's going to work? Yeah, sure. We, 
we have uh, look we have several different training programs that we've put in place from hmo to uh residential property to commercial property even down to mobile home parks and um caravan parks but what i am doing is i'm setting up a consortium and we're going to work through this because i want the i don't just want anybody and everybody in the consortium i want a consortium of people so we can buy up distressed assets that we can automatically within a three-month period that will be the model that we'll put in place will then become income producing and everybody can share through that but here's the thing and this is unheard of unheard of what i'm doing anybody that invests into it gets guaranteed back personally by me that they can then come they have to give us a period of time and ask for their money back that's how sure i am of what i'm doing and we've already started implementing the legal documentation because i don't want people to come in thinking could it happen might it happen i want them to know to come in to go hold on I'm the one that's putting my neck on the line because I'm not sure of what I'm doing. I'm guaranteeing what I'm doing. Well, I think that's an amazing offer. So what you're essentially saying, if I've understood it correctly, that somebody can actually get started in the real estate business and providing they're prepared to learn and work and work their guts out, they can actually get going and uh, start to create a fortune for themselves without a risk to themselves. Well, how, uh, yes how we what they're doing is they're not risking their capital because i'm yeah. not going to invest and i'm not going to be buying anything what could be or should be you know what they do have to realize though property is not a short-term gain it is a long-term gain of five to ten years but you can quadruple and treble your money easily just to give you an idea my companies and i'm talking about best commercial holdings and best holdings uk started with 1.7 million pounds 21 years ago it is now has an asset value of 455 million pounds that's asset value and the borrowing that it has in that company is 58 million so you've got virtually now, i mean compared with other people that are playing in the property game that's very very low level of leverage yeah, but do you know something? You don't need to be highly geared. And I hear a lot of people preach about being, you know, you're better off bringing a consortium of people. And the beauty of bringing people in and involving them, so they're not just investors. They have to be involved. They have to come on the courses. The reason for that is I want the solicitors, I want the bricklayers, I want the barristers, I want the accountants. So they bring their services with that and they get paid for their services, but at a discounted rate. So everybody's a winner. Well, I think it's brilliant. It, I John, it is because it hasn't been done. You see, I am not one of the things and you do see one or two of these in America without mentioning any names. And they get into the sort of hype, 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 the get, get rich quick. And, you know, I've been a salesman my whole life. And I have a saying that I say, even hotcakes don't sell like hotcakes. You know, they have to be sold. You have to do the work. You have to make the hotcakes. And then once you've made them, 
you actually do have to sell those hotcakes. Can it, I tell you? A, can I tell you a story about hotcakes? You can. The first person that did them and sold them got burnt. <laughs> <laughs> so learn from the knowledge yeah. that's been paid for. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you said to me, someone the other, has made. Yeah. The other thing that you said to me that I thought was brilliant is that you don't like paying the idiot tax. Explain, explain that. the explain. Could you explain what the idiot tax? I is? love that. Very Every business that you start. You are the greenhorn, and you have to pay a tax, and that tax is called the idiot tax. That's because you're not sure of what you're doing, and you're learning on the job, and they can see you coming. Now, I class that as the idiot tax, and I've been fined handsomely over the years. But you know something? I was just paying for the education, and I thank those people that cost me the idiot tax because they're no longer trading with me. So, so for the short-term gain that they gained, I gained long-term knowledge, and I have a consortium of people around me now that we trade with, that we've worked with for 30 years, and that can't be bought. You mm. cannot buy that. So, look, by surrounding yourself with good people in life and in business, and I have a policy that I live by, I asked nobody, absolutely nobody, to trust me. I don't want anybody to trust me. I want them to look out for me. Because if I say something, it's not that I'm going to lie to them. What it actually means is I want them to check for me. Because if they're checking for me, it means they've got love for me. It means they've got love for the business because they're concerned about it. And for me, that's the best present. Mm. anybody can ever give you is they will check because if they're checking the mistakes get smaller well you know what i think that is such an honest and frank communication and i don't see how that would appeal now what i would just say for our viewers uh this broadcast is not intended to advise anybody business wise we're not giving anybody business advice here you're just telling us what you do and uh, I'm sure you will make that knowledge available to other people. We put a link up on the screen and you can. Uh, so what what you know. I would say, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm having a fantastic time because it's just flowing. But what I would say is this as well. <coughs> I'm privileged enough for somebody like your good self to invite me on to talk about the, the small benefits that I've made within my life and what I would say to you is that is the best recommendation anybody can ever give you because they're trusting their reputation by you not leading other people in the wrong direction that's why what I say I say it from the heart because I love what I do so a lot of people will, will think before they speak. I'm not interested in thinking before I speak. Mm. I'm interested in saying what I believe is correct and real. If I'm wrong, I'm old enough and big enough and privileged enough to have friends that will go, do you know, you made a cock up there. 
That's because they checked for me. That's very interesting. Sarah Jackson says, Alfie, you'd be a great mentor for school leavers of, of all ages. Have you ever actually done talks in the schools? Because you know what? I see a lot of kids coming out of schools. Clueless. Bloody clueless about business. I mean, we, 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 we try to interview uh, young people here and you know, very often the data that they've been given, even at university. What what do you feel about the university kids coming out of school these days? What what are your thoughts on that? Okay, we have had a number of university members, and I do go around certain schools, and I do actually give them talks from time to time. My diary does get packed, John, as you well know. I know. Um, you know, Catherine Disney, my um, secretary looks after me and you know without her i want to just say to her thank you because of, of how she looks after she's me she's very helpful she's extremely she, she, she's brilliant but um yes i do and i think it is our duty and our job in life to educate the younger people coming through to know that the system is there to help them but whatever you do do not depend on it because mm. if you give a man a crutch, he will walk like a cripple. And it is important to know that we must make our own way in life and don't let society strip you of that. Become the person that you can be because we were all blessed the same way. We were all blessed the same way, no matter what we've got or what we haven't. It's up to us to make those blessings come true. Very good. Well, Alfie, on that note, um, thank you so much indeed. I, you know, I don't want to go, John. I don't okay, want to go. Okay, okay, okay. there's one other question. Some other I'm question. I'm joking, I'm joking. No, no, no. Uh, so, Alfie, Sorry, if, you have, if you have a couple of minutes, uh, what our viewers were interested in in the beginning is um, park, uh, Wild Quest Park Life. So you went through the financials, how this could benefit people financially, but you have so much to offer to your communities. Could you just describe what people get if they move into one of your parks? Okay, thank, thank you, Irina. Um, park Home Living mm -hmm. is a community for like-minded people that want to downsize, but I use the word downsize. They're actually not downsizing. They're upsizing mm -hmm. because the property they're moving in is more luxurious and bigger. The cost of operating that property or running it is approximately 30% less than the bricks and mortar. Um, in the UK, we pay council tax. Now, there are four different or five different, I think, bands. Park homes are the cheapest band. They're band A. Mm. Electricity is 30% or more less wow. in a park home. The reason for that is most parks, the electricity comes to one meter. It is then subdivided where you pay the rate at the main head meter. So you pay a commercial rate, which, as you well know, is a later, uh, a cheaper um, unit price, which then gets distributed at the same price to the resident. Also, park homes are modified homes that are built to a much more economical standard for uh, electricity, water, gas, because they're a brand new home. Mm. 
And look, as you well know, in the UK, a lot of our properties are old, are very, very old, because we're, um, you know, a, a country that, that you know, a, a, an Englishman's home is his castle. And mm. we have a lot of heritage, history within our buildings, which is beautiful. And I'd never want to see that go away. And I'm, I mean that. But our residents are not trapped in their home. They have a life. And they have a life with like-minded people that have communities. And it is like living in a village estate 50 years ago. Wow. Carry on. What else do they get? Well, on certain parks, if you take Saltmarsh Castle, they have a clubhouse, they have a village store on there. We are going to be building a medical centre. We are going to be putting on a hairdresser, a salon. All of that will be coming on there. That's got to be built. Also, they have a, a country club, which their a membership is 50% less. Mm -hmm. The Gulf Country Club, Sapi Gulf and Country Club on there. We have another, uh, we're going to be building swimming pools. So it depends on the size of the park. And we also give all of our residents a discount card, which is called the Wildcrest Loyalty Card. And that loyalty card allows other businesses like Camelot Castle, you know, to all of our residents, they get a discount if they come and book onto there. We've already implemented your business onto that uh, card, which okay. gets distributed next year. Thank you. Um, no, but but it, what it is, is again, I go back to what I said before, dealing with like-minded people that want their businesses to operate well. And it's about creating good value for the masses that want quality. And that's what you're doing. Well, you're, we're going to be doing. you're very kind, Alfie. And... Um, I just think it was such a wonderful coincidence. Celia Sawyer, the great uh, designer, of course, uh, introduced her. She, she's very well known on British television. And I gather she's doing a few uh, properties for you. And uh, she, she does fabulous designs. Uh, she's, she's actually designing eight villas in Barbados for us uh, as we speak now. Um, obviously, it's having to be done remotely. The furniture and everything has already landed there and in the properties waiting. That's had to be put on hold with her actually going out there. She designed the helicopter, as you well know, John. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Celia. She's another very, very hardworking person. And I've got to say, as an interior designer, I think she's the best I've ever, I've ever, well, I've ever had the privilege of working with. She's also going to be designing the interior for the Hot Pole Hotel in Bromyard. So... I think I we've got some her. exciting things. Yeah, she's a great person too. She's great fun. She's great fun. And yeah. Very glamorous. And we are very much looking forward to seeing your 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 empire in Barbados. Um, she'll have a fantastic holiday out there. How is the prime minister there? Do you know, she she is good, and I'm a big fan of uh, Mia Motley, and we're personal friends. Um, I uh, spoke to her about three weeks ago. And obviously, they've got the pandemic that's out there as well. She, yeah. um, uh, I've given uh, all of our properties in Barbados over to the Prime Minister um, if they needed them for uh, for the doctors and nurses. Um, she contacted her. You're very close. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely for free. Um, she contacted a, a, another good friend of uh, mine who she's very good friends with, Tony Layson, because he lives out there. And uh, the uh, uh, she is a, an extremely talented woman who is going to do great things for Barbados. When she took over the, uh, the, the government there, when she was voted in, she's the only prime minister in the history of Barbados to actually be voted in with a complete sweep. Now, what I mean by that is every provenance or constituents voted Labour Mia Motley. Unheard of. Unheard of. Fantastic. And she took over the country when it was virtually bankrupt. And she is now beginning to make it absolutely thrive. Wow. We're actually, one of, our, one of our courses that we're doing is we, we, we have invested a lot of money, you know, to the tune of $25 million into Barbados. And we will continue to invest in that country because there is a golden opportunity. It is such a shame for a country like Barbados or an island like Barbados to suffer against this pandemic when they are very much reliant on the tourism industry. But throughout it, it will become stronger. And the, bl the blessed point that the people of Barbados have is that Mia Motley is there to lead them out of this. Because I've got to no. say, one of the very, very few people that I've met and she is, as a prime minister, salt of the earth. Mm. Very rare for a prime minister. I mean, a down-to-earth, normal person. Well, it's so refreshing to hear. And I, I know how close you are. And my my point is, is that I, I actually wanted to acknowledge here publicly what you have done to help her. And I know she's helped you as well. But not from a business point of view, just in terms of the friendship. Because to have a friend that you can just sit down with and back, back and forth a couple of concepts. I know the other day, uh, without getting into the details of what it was about, you gave me some very, very good advice. And it's not something that I would have, I would have frankly made a mistake if I hadn't mm. had the opportunity to call you up and and, and bat it about. Yes, I know. And, um, you know, it, it's a great treasure to have that and and i just want to acknowledge what you've actually done for the country of barbados because it is going to be a better country as a result of that friendship and i think this speaks to the power of really what i'm calling this new golden age that we're really at the cusp of that we really are about to go into if you bypass the fake news if you bypass what i would call the materialist instagrammy type of desperation that you see I'm even going to go one further. I'm going to say the sort of celebrity culture that uh, is really so meaningless and actually get into the real people of life, such as yourself, such as the Prime Minister of uh, Barbados, and, of course, such as His Grace the Duke of Marlborough. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, these are incredibly valuable friendships and what I would call power alliances, and um, it's just, I, I just think it's very, very exciting. And I just can't thank you enough for coming on tonight, Alfie, because I think pleasure, the pleasure has been, been mine. But if I can just say one, one last thing about the Duke of Marlborough, and I'm a, a rough and ready person, and uh, 
I can't tell you how much of a privilege it was to when, when I met him through yourself, John. But what was the privilege was of how down to earth and how well-minded he was through the path he's travelled. Hmm. Because the conversations that me and him have had with you, when yourself have been there have not been, it, it, it's actually like we were friends for 30 years. Mm. There was no airs and graces, if you'll forget the, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the... Well, by the time you arrived down here, because you picked him up at Blenheim in, in your chopper, and by the time you arrived here for lunch, you were like brothers from another mother. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, and, and apparently he said, well, the journey takes about an hour and a half by helicopter from Blenheim Palace, and um, he said it passed in about five minutes, so clearly... Uh, it was one of those connections that um, was what very... I, what, I would, what I would say is this. We, we, we all come across... Look, somebody said to me, how do you tell a good person and how do you tell a bad person? And my answer to that is, there isn't any bad people and there isn't any good people. There are just the people that you connect with that you perceive as being good because they're the same as you and they've got that connection. All of those bad people, somebody loves them and they're good people to them, just not you. So it's about having that connection because if you've got that connection, they're good people. Well, I you think you can't um, be best friends with everybody and have that connection with everybody. Well, that's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Funnily enough, uh, L. Ron Hubbard said, I will not concede that there is a naturally bad man on earth. Mm. And he had the unique ability to see the good in people. And I think the way that you've described that is very, very interesting. Well, I've got a little surprise for you, Alfie, because I cut a little video uh, of our last trip up to Blenheim. And um, as a sort of an exit to this uh uh if you like um uh there we go i've got uh, that's your pilot's ear and actually <laughs> i think Alfie, you were flying at this point so you flew us very well that day but i'm just going to play this for you as an outtake so our viewers can see this is definitely the way to travel uh across england and you can see the beauty of the english countryside and how that works but alfie before we go I just want to thank you so much. Uh, we will see you. Privilege has been mine. Uh, come down for lunch uh, with the family as soon as uh, the lockdown is over. And I'm sure uh, His Grace and I will see you uh, very, very soon. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom on Camelot Castle TV. Thanks, Thanks John. Thank you, Irene, as well. Okay, see good. Like see if we can get this thank started. You, thank you. Yes. Oh, sure. What more can your love do?
the great Alfie Best and one of our little clips that we put together celebrating the day. Thank you so much, Alfie, for that wisdom. Please do take the time. We've got some extraordinary comments mm. on here. Um, and, you know, I'm so glad we were able to share that friendship with you. You know, Alfie is a remarkable uh, fellow and... Uh, my dear mother has joined us from oh, she's been on Eastbourne. How very nice. Hope you're well, Mummy. We uh, miss you so much. We miss you very much. Caspian was very annoyed that you're not here the other day. Um, but there we go. So lovely, lovely, lovely to um, see you all. We will be back tomorrow night, and we may have a surprise guest. Um, between well, I'm going to I'm going to tell you that Sasha Stone, the great Sasha Stone, has agreed to come live on Camelot Castle TV wow. from Bali. Now the only snag is the only snag is because of the time difference from Bali to Camelot, uh, the two spiritual epicenters of the world, of course. Um, means that I'm going to have to do the broadcast at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, which is his grace will tell you is not the epicenter of my, uh, you know, uh, optimum time. But, but would that work for our viewers? Well, would it work for our viewers? What we could do is we could pre-record mm. uh, or we can all be up at nine o'clock in the morning. So I think to see Sasha Stone, it could be worth, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, Fix the time around, make it a bit later for my own sake. For Americans too. For well, for American Americans as well, people, for American yeah. audience. But we'll we'll see. Sasha Stone uh, is just worth. I just want to get him on the record at this time because he's very uh, worthwhile. Mm. But it's good night from us. Thank you so much. And I'm actually going to ask Ted, who has been here yes. very patiently in his ministerial capacity, 
Um, and we know it's Ted. How do we know it's Ted? Okay. Because he has another teddy bear jumper on. And that is Ted. Ted, would you give the closing address and closing prayer? Of course. First of all, it was lovely for you to all join us this evening and uh, wonderful to see Alfie. And uh, if you could all join hands, metaphorically speaking, for this evening, and we'll ask Almighty God to uh, look down upon us and give us his ultimate wisdom and guidance at this time, especially for the president and for all those that we love and our families and our friends. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that is fantastic. Um, Ted, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, the power of prayer is incredible, isn't it? And isn't it interesting what happens when you just get a little bit interested in life and start to learn some new things? Um, thank you very much to all of you. We're going to bid you good night. We will see you tomorrow at the usual time. 9.30. Of 9.30. Mm -hmm. Usual time of 9.30. And lovely to visit with you all. Good night. Good night.